So we've been studying the articles of faith. And I was thinking about the group of folks that have been here throughout this study. And mostly I was thinking about these young people. And I'm glad they're here. Thank you all for being here. Um, when I was your age, it was difficult to sit through lecture. And you've been here. I mean, it's still difficult for me to sit through lecture. Let's just be honest about that. So, um, but it's important to know what we believe. It's important to know what the church stands for. And for those of you who are interested, there's a great book. Maybe some of you have read it. It's called Like a Mighty Army. Um, History of the Church of God, 1886 through 1996. I actually think there's a newer edition. But uh, this is a great book. It lists all the teachings of the Church of God. It lists the articles of faith. Um, great stories of the faithful who've gone before us. Built the foundation of the church upon the word. So this is a good book if you want to grab it. It expounds a little bit on some of the teachings that we've been hearing so far. Not a lot. But through example, somewhat. <clears throat> So tonight we're looking at the Declaration Article Number 5. Justification, regeneration, and the new birth wrought by the faith, wrought by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. The Church of God stands for the whole Bible rightly divided. The New Testament is the only rule for government and discipline. So the teachings tonight that we're going to talk about, repentance, justification, regeneration, and the new birth. And sometimes regeneration and the new birth are linked together. It kind of makes sense for them to be, but we're going to separate them out tonight. We're, and, and what I've done is I have actually used this book, Like a Mighty Army, and pulled the notes from the founders of the church, the scripture text that backs up the teachings that they set forth, okay? The first is repentance, and we're going to go to the book of Mark. Now, let me tell y'all, I am a terrible transcriptionist. But I transcribe everything when I'm teaching because it's difficult for me to flip back and forth and a little bit distracting. So I transcribe the word onto these pages, and hopefully I've transcribed appropriately. But anyways, we'll get the right context. Just follow along with me in your Bible if you want, if you will. Mark chapter 1, verse 15. Now here, this was after John was put into prison, and uh, Jesus had returned to Galilee. And here's the scripture. And saying, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. This is your control-alt-delete. This is your factory reset, Right? repentance. The Greek word used here is metanoeo. That's a big long word and I'm not Greek so it means to change your disposition towards life and reality. To have a transformed default setting about what's important. Basically acting differently, thinking differently. A complete change, okay? Some, some folks, I don't know, you think, well, have you ever, I don't want to say this wrong, repentance, God forgive me. Yes, God will forgive you. 
And then 10 minutes later, or five minutes later, or six months later, you're back at the same point again, or maybe you never really turned away from it. But you're leaning on that faith and that mercy that says he's a forgiving God, 70 times 7 times, you know, all that. Repentance is not just asking forgiveness. Repentance is completely turning away from the sin that has separated you from God. Let's look at Luke chapter 13 and verse 3. Here we see Jesus. He's talking to some Galileans. And the Galileans are saying, our sin but their sin. Right? Okay. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. But these folks who went before Pilate, they were so bad that, I mean, they were put to death. Right? And what does, have we been guilty of that? Have we said, well, um... I'm going to take a few of these pens home from work that my boss bought because they're really good pens, and they won't miss them. So I'm going to stick them in my pocket and carry them home. What do we do? We go home, write out our Sunday school lesson with them, write out our ties check with them. What I don't know what we're doing with them. But I don't see myself as a sinner because I took the pen that nobody's going to miss anyway. I don't see that as sin. That seems small and minuscule and trivial, and you giggled a little bit, and that's okay. But what about the father who murdered his family? Or what about the wife who betrayed her husband and, and broke their marriage covenant vows? What about those kinds of sin? What about the lost individual who engages in satanic worship? Those are big sins, right? Here's what Jesus says about little sins versus big sins. Luke chapter 13 and verse 3 says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So no matter what your level of sin is, no matter what the number of offenses in your life, every bit of it separates us from God. Sin separates us from God. But praise the Lord. He gives us hope here, right? He provides a bridge across a chasm that cannot be bridged. You may be at the edge of the divide, about to fall off. Or maybe, I guess it depends on how you, how you would look at it. Maybe you're at the edge and you're almost to the bridge, almost, almost ready to see that bridge form and cross over to where God has called you to. Or maybe me, maybe I'm way far back. Maybe my sins are many and heavy and dark and I'm just full of evil. You know what? We're both still separated from God by the chasm without the blood of Jesus Christ. There is a bridge to cross the divide, and his name is Jesus. Jesus says in this scripture that the only way across the divide is to repent and believe in him. Let's look at the book of Acts, chapter 3 and verse 19. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. So we have a choice 
We can stay here in our separated from God condition. Or we can choose life. And what is available to us in life? Here the scripture says, times of refreshing. I believe what Paige is talking about tonight, her soul is in need of a time of refreshing. And I don't, and I know, I'm not going to say I don't think, Paige, I'm going to say I know that there are people across this nation, a multitude of people whose soul is in need of a time of refreshing. And I'll tell you tonight that God is pouring his spirit out on those who are hungry and those who are thirsty and those who are seeking after him. Praise his holy name. Repentance. The church of God believes in repentance. We believe in justification. Why? Because Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. What is it to be justified? Y'all aren't used to back and forth, are you? <laughs> I'm, I like, I'm a back and forth teacher. I like back and forth. Justification is an exemption from a penalty that we deserve in law and in righteousness. In other words, someone else paid the penalty for your crime or our sin. Justification is an argument of defense. We deserve death. We were born into corruption. We live in corruption, and we deserve death because of our sin. But we are justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And I was thinking while we were worshiping about this song, and I, actually when we were singing holy, 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 and I'm standing over here with my hands lifted up, and I just felt this awesome gratitude that I can lift my hands and cry, holy, holy, holy. Not because of anything I've done, not because of anything that I've put my hand to, not because of any goodness that's in me, but only because of the blood of Jesus Christ that has covered my filthy righteousness right? Only by the blood of Jesus that has covered me can I lift my hands and cry, holy, holy, holy. I've not done anything to be able to deserve that honor. As a matter of fact, I, be, I began to contemplate that in my mind as I was worshiping, and I said, Lord, what I deserve is to be spread out flat with no life whatsoever. That's what I deserve, but because of the blood of Jesus, I can partake in the peace and strength and, and glory of the Lord and the majesty that he provides through justification. Titus chapter 3 and verse 7 that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Heirs to what? Heirs to the kingdom of our Father. Over in England, everybody's paying attention to the royal family now, you know, because there's a new king and 
the blah, blah, blah. Well, I shouldn't say everybody. I pay attention to them, okay? I pay attention to them. I think that's an exciting, it's intriguing to me, first of all, that people who, um, who don't work get to enjoy all of this on the taxpayer's dollar, and I don't like that. I'm an American, and uh, don't tax me without representation and all that good stuff. But here we are. We have this king, and when he is gone, his son William inherits, like, the palaces and the crown and the, I don't know what all they have, carriages, I don't know, horses. Um, we become heirs through justification with Jesus Christ. We are in line to receive the inheritance of our Father, which is immeasurable, innumerable in our finite world. His scripture tells us, <laughs> his scripture tells us, Eye has not seen and ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what the Father has prepared for you. That tells me that I'm, I'm not even capable to imagine what God has prepared for me as an heir of our Father, God the Father. That is what justification provides for us. Regeneration. Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Pay attention to that. Because I can work, work, work my entire life. And it won't get me anywhere, right? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us. He looked down and saw us in our wretched condition. And he loved us enough to give his only son that we could be rectified to him. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I want to back up there just a little bit. He says, <laughs> look at this, whom he poured out upon us abundantly because he knew that I would need a lot of it poured out. And I'm not the only one that needs a lot of it poured out. And he poured it out on us abundantly. His grace, his blood, his sacrifice is sufficient to regenerate the broken, to regenerate the ugly, to regenerate the sin nature and turn it into a nature like his own. Regeneration is when the divine life is manifested in a radical change in the moral of character of man, in the moral character of man. From the love and life of sin to the love of God and his life of righteousness. So I'm so thankful that there is regeneration. And I want to I talk to you a little bit about the science of that, okay? Because that's what kind of makes it a little more real to me. And it may make it a little more real to you. 
Regeneration is being set apart to God's purposes and being enabled to progress toward moral and spiritual maturity through the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever heard a preacher and he says, you got to get off the milk? You know, when I was young, I thought as a child, but now I'm an old, I am old. There's an expectation that, okay, I came to the altar I do believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that his blood washed away my sin. That is my faith believing. I know that I am. I'm repenting of my sin. I know that I'm justified. And now I'm going to sit down on this bench, chair, and wait until the Lord returns. That is a stunted growth. That's a lack of development. Because what we are to do is grow in spirit and in power, right? That happens with regeneration. The scientific definition is the natural process of replacing or restoring damaged or missing cells. And even the entire body parts to full function. Have you all heard about research? um, And, well, yeah, you've heard about stem cell research and how they can put uh, stem cells or whatever into a pancreas and it grows into pancreatic cells or they can put stem cells and and grow new organs, generate, totally regenerate organs. This is a real thing. Um, It's very controversial. I understand that. I'm not promoting it. I'm not saying I, I, I don't know about any of that. But I do know that it gives my teen to lean towards science mind an idea of what God has done for me. I was born into this sinful nature. I was born into this very carnal body with a very carnal desire to please myself over everybody else or anything else or whatever. I'm going to take care of me and do what's right for me and I'll hope for the best for all the rest of y'all, right? So what the Spirit of God does in regeneration is he changes that attitude The old is taken away, and we have a brand new opportunity to grow in holiness before the Lord. Acts chapter 3, verses 19 through 21. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. What does that tell me? That there will be a regeneration of everything that God created. And everything that sin has spoiled, everything that sin has destroyed, everything that sin has broken, everything that sin has separated from the Father will be restored in that regeneration when Christ returns. We have an opportunity. The beautiful thing about being this finite carnal person is that I have an opportunity to choose to serve the Lord. I have an opportunity to choose to love him. I have an opportunity to choose to serve you. And I have an opportunity to choose to to love you, to care about you. And I'm going to do that now 
while I have a choice, while I have an opportunity, while I have a chance to do that. Why? Because what has he given me? Every single thing. The breath in my body. You didn't wake up this morning in your own power. You didn't wake up this morning in your own strength and with your own ability. You woke up because the breath of God is in you. You're able to to get in your car and go to work or work around your house, drive to church tonight. What a blessed opportunity. What a what a huge gift it is for us to have strength and power, Billy. All of my fingers are working. I praise God for that. I still have all my hair, honey. Poor Brian. How sad it is. He has to clean my hair out of the shower every day. I'm telling, I'm not talking about a little bit. I'm talking about it's a wig in there, isn't it? I don't like to touch it, and I guess he doesn't mind, so thank you for that. All of this brokenness, all of this missing, all of this lack that we, this world that we live in will be transformed to be what God had designed it to be from the beginning before the choice was made, before we made choices to, to cause us to be separated, to cause it to be broken, to cause it to be ugly, to cause it to be dirty. I want to be renewed now. I don't want to be destroyed in the end so that he can rebuild something perfect and holy. I want to choose him now. And I want the blood of Jesus applied to my life in regeneration. Regeneration means to take that which has been damaged or destroyed and return it to its original design. What did God originally design? First of all, he built a beautiful place for Adam to live, right? And what did he do? He came down in the evening and walked with him. Can you imagine? As I was standing here and we were worshiping tonight, all I could think was, I don't deserve to be here. I just want to melt. That's what I deserve. To not be here, to just be nothing. To stand before a holy God. But praise God for the blood of Jesus. Praise God for a bridge that will cross the chasm and allow me to have a relationship with the Most High. That will allow me to have a relationship with love. Because outside of God, there is nothing that is called love. Right? Praise the name of the Lord. The new birth. And y'all, my battery died on my watch. I have no clue what time it is. 7.31. I have 14 minutes. <laughs> I can see it back there. Okay, good. John 3.3. Here, here we read about, in this chapter, we're reading about Nicodemus. And most of us know that story, right? What do you mean, born again? You know who Nicodemus was? He was a Pharisee. He was a leader of the Jews. And he, I don't know, I was thinking about this. If I could, I could probably write Beverly's Message Bible, you know, because sometimes I see things a little bit differently. This is not in the scripture. All the scripture says is that he went to Jesus in the night. What I read that to say is he was scared. He didn't want the rest of his leader buddies to know he was going to talk to Jesus, right? All the scripture says is it was in the dark. Here's what he says. Nicodemus knew that there was something different about Jesus. And he tells him in verse 2, he said, I know you come from God. Because if the, you wouldn't be able to do these things that you've done if it wasn't apart from God, aside from God. So here the scripture says, 
Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, so I promise you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Much like some of us right now, probably, born again. What exactly does that mean? Well, Nicodemus said to Jesus, he said, how, what do you mean, how can a man be born again? Like, I'm big. Am I going to enter a second time into my mother's womb? Well, first of all, if you try that, your mama finna lay you out somewhere. <laughs> that ain't going to happen, right? He didn't understand. And I love V. Vi. V. I love to hear her teach. Because when she's reading the word and she doesn't understand, she said, God, what do you, she talks so fast it's kind of hard to catch what she said. She says, what do you mean by this? Well, here Nicodemus is saying the exact same thing. What do you mean I have to be born again? I can't be born again. Like, what are you talking about? And here Jesus replied, the one, Jesus replies that one must be born of water and of spirit in order to make it into the kingdom of heaven, okay? Let's look back at the born-again phrase from John chapter 3, verse 3. Again, the word again is translated from, y'all, don't laugh. Is this online? I mean, are people, I'm, I'm embarrassed because I can't say the Greek words. But anywho, it's, um, I think, anoten or anothen. I don't know if they do the th sound in Greek or whatever. Anyways, A-N-O-T-H-E-N, and it means from above, so born again from above. Well, what is above? God, the Father. That's right. Born of the Spirit is the second birth in Christ Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And in new birth, our will becomes subject to the will of the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are born again to new life in Christ Jesus. So to be born of water is to be born into the natural, our physical birth as a baby, right? The second birth is a spiritual birth provided to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now here is, I, I was contemplating this. And I was thinking, God, first of all, let me just be transparent with y'all. They're thinking they're going to use one week to teach each article of faith. I mean, I feel like we could get three or four of them knocked out in 55 minutes. That was my thought. But then when I began to contemplate this, how important these are, why we believe what we believe, and what are you saying to us in the scriptures, I realized it is invaluable, especially if we see something that points to the Trinity, right? Because we believe in a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we're seeing here. We are because of God. We are separated because of sin. We are separated from God because of sin. The bridge to cross the divide was provided to us through the blood of Jesus Christ. The new life, the regeneration, the new birth is available to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the name of the Lord that a holy God 
looked down through the ages of time and said, you're worth it. I love you enough to do this for you. Now, I'm going to, you folks, you kids, you've sat there. Like I said, I feel for you, and I appreciate you, but I'm going to use you tonight. Elijah, I'm going to use you first. Is he still in here? Come here, my, come here, my friend. And I'm picking on you because I know you're not embarrassed. You're good. All right. Now, I want you to stand actually kind of right here at this chair line. Turn around towards me. I'm going to ask you a question I need you to answer, okay? Can you, without a running jump, without steroids, without a Red Bull, jump for me from this point up on that stage? Probably not. Not without a running start. I could probably do it with a running start. You probably could, little Billy. <laughs> but you can't run. Yeah, exactly. Because this can't be in your power, right? Exactly. And it can't be anything outside. It has to be all your power. Yeah. Nothing else, okay? You don't think you could do it? No. Well, I don't feel bad for you because of that. I'd have a hard time jumping straight up right here, okay, in my own power. So I'm going to ask some of your friends. So you're standing here, and there's a division between you and that stage, right? Mm -hmm. And I need you on that stage. I love you. I'm on that stage, and I want you there with me. we got to figure out how we're going to get you there, right? So you're standing here without repentance and without salvation. And up there is heir to eternity. Okay? So I'm going to have some of your friends, all of y'all, just come over here. Everybody's like, oh, here we go. Here's what y'all are going to do. I'm going to want you to form two lines, okay? One on either side of Elijah. I want you to reach all the way to the stairs, okay? We're all friends and neighbors. Find somebody across the uh, find somebody across from you and take hands with them and create a bridge. Like this. <laughs> like bridges. Raise your hands up, make a bridge. This is a fancy bridge with a cover, okay? Like the ones, a fancy bridge with a cover. Elijah, if you repent of your lack of ability in yourself to make it to the stage, you can cross this bridge and make it to the stage. What are you going to choose? Go. This is justification. (laughs) Now, Elijah, you have crossed the chasm that you couldn't cross on your own. So you've experienced regeneration and new birth. And you have eternal life. And that, my friends, is the simple message of repentance. 
justification, regeneration, and the new birth. Thank you, guys. Now, when all of y'all are old and I'm in the nursing home and don't remember any of this, somebody's going to ask you, what is repentance? What are you going to say? He said, Eli. (laughs) We have been provided something that we cannot do for ourselves. To gain an inheritance that we would never deserve. By the power of God's love that we cannot fathom. And by the gift and the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. And by the renewing and regeneration of our soul and our spirit into new life through the power of the Holy Ghost. That's a powerful message. I want to read something to you. This is a worship song that I love. Maybe Megan will do it sometime. It says, I was a wretch. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. And I was running out of time. Sin separated. The breach was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your sight. So you made a way across the great divide, left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. And there at the cross, you paid the debt I owe. Broke my chains, freed my soul. And for the first time, I had hope. You took my place. You laid inside my tomb of sin. You were buried for three days, but then you walked right out again. And now death has no sting. And life has no end, for I have been transformed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus. It has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus. You saved my life and brought me from darkness into glorious light. There is nothing stronger than the wonder-working power of the blood that calls us sons and daughters. We are ransomed by the Father through the blood. We are ransomed by the Father, bought with a price from an enemy that never owned us to begin with. Cleansed by the blood of Jesus and born into everlasting life by the power of the Holy Ghost. Praise the name of the Lord. Does anybody have anything they want to talk about? Anything you want to mention before we close? I praise God for an opportunity to experience revival. I praise God for a people who are hungry enough to be here on Wednesday night when you could be anywhere else. And I pray for an outpouring of the Spirit, for a hunger and thirst to extend beyond the folks that are just gathered in this place tonight to fill this room with a people who will humble themselves on their face before an almighty God to see what he will do to experiencing that refreshing 
that we were promised in the word. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Father God, thank you for this opportunity that we've had to gather in this place together. Thank you for those who prepared and led us in worship before the throne. Thank you for those who made themselves vulnerable to share their heart with us, to help us to remember that the only place we draw power and strength from is you. And when we look around us and the way seems dark and we feel all alone, we are not alone because you provided a way for us to live in peace and worship of the Father. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have to hear your word. I pray, God, that this word would become a part of who we are, alive in the very fiber of our beings, so that every breath we take, every step we take, Everything we put our hands to, every thought that comes into our minds is sanctified by the Holy Ghost and we use what you've given us to bring you glory and honor. Father God, may this place be set on fire with the revival fire that will not be quenched so that the people living beside us, behind us, in front of us, See something, feel something, hear something that draws them to you. Prepare us, God, to meet those folks with kindness, with love, with a servant's heart. Prepare us, God, to serve this community as you have set forth for us to do. Show us, God. Reveal to us, Lord, the things that we need to get under the blood so that we can live holy, acceptable before you and accomplish those things that you have called for us to accomplish. And the whole church says, amen. Amen.